pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? Happy Freedom Day, Steve. (laughs) Of course it is, because we are recording this just like last week on a Monday morning. We are, and uh, you know... All restrictions are off. We can do what we want now, Steve. So I'm um, I'm choosing, as you can see, to sit with the curtains drawn in my shed, and I intend to remain here. Mm, and right now, I am on the train to Hitchin to get as close to you <laughs> as humanly possible, because it's allowed now, apparently. Uh, are, are you going to be changing your behaviour? Well, we have, I have a little bit of news about that coming up later in the show, an announcement to make. Uh, okay. But yeah, and uh, otherwise, well, we'll both be going clubbing, I assume, this evening. <laughs> I've just come back. Have you? Uh, from the midnight countdown, yeah. Right, I don't right. know. I mean, you know, obviously each to their own and we can only do as, uh, we can stick with, within the guidelines or what have you, but it, it looked like a different world to me. <laughs> All this clubbing, but it has done, you know, for maybe twenty years. So yeah, I mean, I I did wonder uh, what this means for our recording process. I I thought I should send an email to Resonance, find out when they're going to get us back in the studio because, well, I I think we've done a pretty good job of this, and I've enjoyed seeing you from a distance. I have missed missed the Resonance FM studio. I've missed the sweaty earphones and the ambiance. So hopefully we'll be back to. One life left for real very soon. Blimey. When was the last time we did that? In February, was it? February 20? God, it's a different world then, wasn't it? Yeah. I had a job. <laughs> <laughs> Full of hope, optimism. <laughs> February 2019, I think. But yeah, we've done, uh, you know, we've done some good work, I think, while we've been remote. And who knows, we may be remote for a time, for some time to come. Uh, because we haven't heard anything about that 
But um, I'll be I'll be heading up to see you quite soon, won't I, Simon? You are uh, weekend after next day, I believe. That's exciting. Should we do a bit yeah. of recording recording then and there? Why not? Let's let's broadcast live. It could be the One Life Left Road Show. I tell you what, uh, my daughter who is uh, two years and four months, now whenever I go into another room, asks me, uh, she says, what you doing, daddy? What you doing? <laughs> and I say, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm going through the other room. And she says, are you doing the radio show? Are really? you doing the radio? She does say that. Um, and I've asked her if she wants to be involved. And she said, no, no, I don't. <laughs> She's, right. She's heard it then. I've heard enough enough of that, thank you. (laughs) Maybe she just doesn't want to follow the dark path to Roblox that Dexter has been on. Well, exactly. Yes, yeah, we should record something live. We might have a special guest, eh? Maybe, fingers crossed. Blast from the past. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, so shall we get on with the news? Let's crack on with it. Simon, I've done a bit of research this week. I've got at least two news stories, although I suspect they're the ones that you have too. How many have you got? Uh, I've got options for five, if needed, if there was no <laughs> if there was no effort put in on your side. So why don't we begin with you? Okay, well, I'll talk about the uh, the biggest, I think the biggest news story for this week, and I'm taking this from VG247 as written four days ago. And this is by Stephanie Nunnally. Uh, breaking story at 6.08 GMT on the 15th of July. Valve's handheld gaming device Steam Deck announced starts shipping in December. Uh, Stephanie continues, Valve has unveiled a new handheld device called Steam Deck and reservations are available for now for it now in select regions. Previously known as Steam Pal, which was probably the working name, Steam Deck is slated to start shipping in December. So, uh, I guess the gossip on the Discord, Simon, and the question I have mm-hmm. for you is, mm-hmm. are you in? I'm in. I'm in. I got my... Um, I was walking back from the pub on Friday. Honestly, the life of the unemployed. Um, oh, well, you know, Friday I went... So I was, I was actually down the pub uh, on the Thursday when they announced it. Um, uh, and uh, the process was, the announcement on Thursday, pre-orders... Or, or, or the queuing system went live on the Friday, so I set myself a little calendar reminder, uh, and um, six o'clock uh, rolled past. I was walking through the park, a little bit merry, uh, <laughs> which is you know probably explains why I went for the five twelve five hundred and twelve gig version. Um, and yeah, it took me till six thirteen to get my reservation in. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited, Steve. That's exciting. So when um, when is yours going to arrive? This year? Expected to ship Q1 2022. Okay. So, um, you know, can you I throw know. something in the in the canal before it's arrived? <laughs> well, that was the other, uh, the other bits of conversation on the Discord, as well as seeing some other users' um, orders delayed until Q2 2022, because it was, seems like a bit of a fight to try and get your orders in there even though i think from what i read uh, steam handled it as well 
as could possibly be expected. They seem to have defeated some of the scalpers, at least. Uh, the other bit of conversation was, what is Simon Byra's expected TTC time to <laughs> canal on the Steam wow. Deck? Well, you know, this is the dream, isn't it, Steve? The, the uh, Steam Deck being able to, you know, that's what everybody hoped the Switch would, would be. Mm-hmm. And for a moment it was, you know, you were able to play some some uh, simultaneous launches on Switch. Uh, but yeah, as we've um, as we've discussed, the Switch is beginning to show its age. And so those sort of AAA uh, big gaming experiences that I particularly like have become fewer... Uh, fewer and farer between us on the Switch. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I have some. Sorry, sorry. Continue. No, and so yeah, I was genuinely excited, and th- there have been a few uh, companies that have tried to address the handheld gaming PC market, and these sort of hybrid machines with clamshell, with built-in keyboards, and all of that sort of stuff. Which you know, I've 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 looked at the YouTube videos of GTA Five running on them, and 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 dr- I dared to dream. Uh, mm. But they've always been from companies that I've never known much about and always been slightly too expensive. And so for Valve to come out and uh, provide something off the shelf from a company that, you know, I've spent a lot of money with already. Mm. Um, yeah, very excited. Um, it is I still don't... Exciting, <laughs> isn't it? It, it, looks, it looks super, super interesting. And I think I was very, very excited too. Am I right in thinking that you owned an NVIDIA Shield? No, I bought an Android console with a controller, um, right. and the TTC on that was um, was was actually quite long because I forgot about it. <laughs> because all you ended up doing it was all you ended up doing was uh, playing Bully and the Rockstar games that were officially ported to Android, uh, mm. but but uh, you know never fully functioned as their. Uh, grown-up console counterparts and so yeah i bought it i don't know i didn't spend a huge amount of money on it but it it didn't it didn't scratch that itch for me okay well let me tell you a little bit more about the hardware involved here um for steam deck valve partnered with amd to create the handheld's custom apu what's an apu action programmable computer perfect i don't know i don't know which is being called Zen 2 and RDNA 2 Powerhouse. What does RDNA stand for? Really don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> Promising more than work, enough <laughs> performance to run the latest AAA games in a, here we go, very efficient power envelope. Yeah, I've got, I've got some of those. Yeah, must be one of those really padded ones from Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so yeah, it's really, really exciting. I didn't order one. I came very, very close. I thought about it, and then I thought Simon is definitely going to order one. So I will, <laughs> I'll have a go on his. I doubt the, um, I doubt the ordering time is going to push out much past Q2 2022, and I, I'm a little bit concerned about the position of the sticks on the machine. They seem very, very high up. Yeah, because they've stuck a couple of trackpads in. I mean, so this is um, this is an evolution of or an amalgamation of the Steam Machine mm-hmm. idea and the Steam Controller idea. Um, and so they've because uh, in theory you should be able to run any game that runs on Steam. Although there have already been some exceptions discovered where uh, Steam games use 
because basically it's a it's a it's a Linux sort based operating system. So it's not Windows out of the box, but there's a um, some middleware that uh, will, in theory, enable any game to run. Um, but I think they said that uh, I think people have spotted that stuff like Destiny Two and PUBG that use anti-cheating software that's not compatible with this 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 layer that talks between the OS and 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 sort of ordinary PC games because yeah thankfully uh, there seems to be minimal work on the development side in order to to have your game run effectively on this Linux operating system uh, which is good um, the the questions remain how will things like the in-game UI look on a 1200 by 800 resolution small screen but yeah compromises have had to be made Steve notably your sticks are high up um i'm sure you'll get used to them right. it is also heavy it's heavy isn't it uh so it's it's, it's it looks significant big, yeah. it does you know and i think uh i think it's going to attract some some uh some some raised eyebrows on the on the tube i think admiration <laughs> from the other gamers um, have they shown a human in the photographs yeah well they've i've seen some video um okay. uh, so I, ign had um a, a look at it and it, it yeah definitely had it showed it in uh actually in someone's hands but you didn't know how big that person was so <laughs> <laughs> you never Very know um, but yeah um you know and actually so you you mentioned it at the start um certainly dealing with the scalpers but equally giving you know and i, and I can say this because i got my order in um and it seems that eventually everybody else has. But that idea of saying, look, it's launching in December. You didn't order it. You didn't complete your order within the first 10 minutes. Therefore, my expectation is that I will receive it during Q1 2022. Uh, and I feel good about that. You know, like, yeah, I won't have it by at launch. That's sad. But, you know, I, I paid four pounds to reserve my place in the queue. Um, and hopefully by the time it comes to paying up the rest of it there'll be some actual impressions of the device um so yeah uh you, you know i i wish the other hardware uh rolled out in this manner i thought it was handled very well indeed okay it's time for news story number two and i think it's your turn did you get bored of that of me talking about steam deck there just no just... that just that just felt like a nice Jumping off point. Yeah, I felt like, okay. like I was like, trying to do a smooth segue after 16 years of doing this, but apparently <laughs> not. I'm sure no one will notice. Um, I So mine follows on from that, really. And it was a story that um, Video Games Chronicle wrote on the 18th of July, which changed um, from the tweet. In fact, the tweet that originally linked to the story has been deleted. Uh, the headline is Steam Deck owners might be able to upgrade its SSD, even in the cheapest model. But end user replacement is not recommended. Valve has confirmed that all Steam Deck models include slots to upgrade the device's SSD drive, including the cheapest 399 model, which does not include the SSD storage. However, the, the developer notes that SSD drives are not intended for end user replacement, so it's not yet clear if users will be able to successfully replace them. On Saturday, in response to questions from fans, Valve updated the official Steam Deck tech specs to confirm that all models use socketed 2020, sorry, 2230 M.2 modules, which it says are not intended for end user replacement. It means that in theory, even users of the cheapest Steam Deck could be able to open it up and connect an SSD drive. Now, originally, when this story uh, launched the tweet the link to it was valve has confirmed that anybody will be able to up- upgrade their ssds 
uh, which is a very different... And then the main body of the text said, it's not recommended, though. <laughs> I mean, you can do message. whatever you want. You can lob the thing into a canal. But it's not recommended. It's not recommended. No, and uh, people were looking at this as a, as a way of... Um, mitigating the price hikes that go with the increased storage. So the 64 gig version costs $399. Mm-hmm. Now, whilst you can expand them with um, removable SD cards, there are, st- there are many games that would not fit on your Steam Deck. So you would, you wouldn't, on, the, on, on your base model, mm. you would, you might be able to put one game on. Right. Okay. So would, it feels so like you you're already that? being. So the three models, aren't there? The three models of the Steam lock, uh, Steam Deck. There's small, medium, and large. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't. You know, that's just my naming convention. Uh, it, it's not valid. Yeah, I'm, because, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it's Gabe's. No. No, because that would be confusing. They're all exactly the same size. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, medium. Uh, medium has how big's the the disc? Two five six gig two, five, gigabytes. Six. So you get. A few games on there, a few of the big ones, but if you're really trying to future-proof your thing, yeah. you get the large, don't you? If you're a little bit merry on the way back from the pub, you get the large. That's what that's what your boy's gone for here. Five hundred and twelve glorious gigabytes. What can't enough you for, fit on that? Enough for Call of Duty Warzone. And one <laughs> other. <laughs> um, but apparently not true because you'll be able to, uh, you know, rip out the disc that comes with it and pop in your own uh, easy as you like, at least according to the original tweet, which was removed. I wonder why that was. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's there's going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of interest, I think, in exposing the units because you can also you can also. Um, install anything on it so it's not locked down you will be able mm. to install windows you'll be able to install the epic game store tim sweeney was very happy with that on twitter um <laughs> but uh they do say that um that the behavior might not be as is as expected the more you sort of deviate from the steam os uh, so we shall see but um yeah it's an extra 250 dollars uh, to move up uh, between this, the the small version and the large version, uh, which is why people were seeing whether they could do it themselves, uh, but it won't be recommended. That's not all you get for that two hundred and fifty dollars, though, is it? You get a fancier screen, I think, on the higher end one. Anti glare. Mm. There'll be no glare for me, Steve. Just glares from other computers that are waiting until sorry from other commuters that are waiting <laughs> uh, until Q two twenty twenty two to receive theirs. Very good. All right, news story three. Hackers begin leaking EA's stolen data after failing to blackmail the company. This is, again, from VG247. It's by Sharif Said on the 16th of July, 2021, at precisely 9.56 GMT. (laughs) EA is not giving in to the demands of hackers who stole its data, and the hackers aren't happy about it. Last month, it came to light that a group of hackers infiltrated EA servers and made away with source code for FIFA 21 some, and some Frostbite engine SDKs, over 780 gigabytes of data. As, with, as is often the case with these sort of hacks, the ultimate goal is to extort some money. Uh, EA's hackers have also asked for money, or else they're going to offer what they have online to the highest bid- bidder, but EA aren't going to pay. And um, the hackers... 
didn't know what to do. So they explained this in a slightly poorly worded email. They said, a few weeks ago, we send email for <laughs> ransom, spelt incorrectly, to EA, but we don't get any response. So we will posting the source, one hacker wrote. If they don't contact us or don't pay us, we will keep posting it. Um, so they've posted a little bit of this, a 1.3 gigabyte compressed archive containing references to Origin and some internal development tools. That's exciting, isn't it? Um, and EA, they're a bit nonplus. They say, uh, we continue to work with federal law enforcement officials as part of this ongoing criminal investigation. They don't believe there is any material risk to our games, our business or our players. Do we think that EA received that email, given that the hackers couldn't uh, seemingly uh, spell any words correctly? (laughs) Well, it says here at the foot of the story, perhaps the funniest revelation in the story is that hackers couldn't work out how to get in touch with EA directly, so they actually asked video game news site Motherboard to pass on their extortion message to EA, um, which Motherboard refused to do. So it's quite possible that this is the first EA have heard about it. So, uh, yeah, hi, uh, hi EA. Uh, so you send it to ransom, R-A-N-S-O-M-E, at, at <laughs> EA.com, and it doesn't... It just, we haven't heard back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that... Um, that choice of mo- motherboard is interesting. Who would you go to, Steve, to help you extort money? Which media outlet? Interesting. Well, we've got a very good relationship with, uh, with Gama Sutra, don't we? And it feels like they must have a very good relationship with everyone in the industry, it being the the go-to site for industry. So I'd go straight to Chris Graft and say, Chris, Would you? Chris I've nicked this source code uh, from... Who shall we nick the source code from? Well, who's left? Probably Valve, uh, isn't it? Let's get Valve. Yeah, okay. stuff. And yep. we've got some fancy diagrams of exactly how you install the SSDs in the, uh, yeah. in the Steam Deck. We like to do a bit of ransoming. <laughs> fancy, fancy chancing my arm at some some ransom. Uh, can you can you just pass on this little note? I'd make sure it was entirely spelled correctly. I'd run mm. I'd run Grammarly over it. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're writing a ransom note. Uh, <laughs> do you want to be more aggressive? And uh, and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd get Chris to pass it on. Okay, would you not be concerned that because we know Chris and he uh, that he would then feel, you know, he'd be con- conflicted about whether to dob us in? I think mm. far be- like yeah, rather than drag Chris and his family into this, um, <laughs> why don't we family. start? <laughs> exactly. you Things are starting to get nasty now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you mean the if family. It'd be a shame if anything happened to them. <laughs> um, just, no, um, why don't we, uh, and again, in something else that we can file next to things we won't, uh, sorry, under things that we won't do, we won't follow up on. Why don't we start by just collating the email addresses of software companies that do have a ransom at, so that we're ready? Right. How we could would email we do that? Ransom at... Well, just send an email to ransom at ubisoft.com and see if it, and see if it, see if it bounces. What? A, you know, that ransom hello, is a valid... Hello, Ubisoft. We're just updating our records. <laughs> it may go to Mr. Ransom, though, at Ubisoft. I'd imagine he's been busy over the last year or so. All right, uh, I think it's time for news story number four, three, 
Ba, ba, ba. Oh. Netflix will reportedly offer video games within the next year. So it's a, it's, an, it's a continuation of previous news stories. But uh, according to Bloomberg, a person familiar with the situation has stated that video games could appear within the next year, being available alongside the service's current content as a new standalone genre. Apparently Netflix doesn't have any plans to charge any extra for the video game content offer, presumably meaning that current subscribers would be able to access the games with no extra steps required. The report notes that Netflix has hired uh, former Electronic Arts and Oculus veterans Mike Verdu as its vice president of game development. So we covered this before, but it seems to be moving uh, rather quickly. And that there are people familiar with the situations that say that we will be able to play Netflix games next year and it won't cost us any more. How it's a, presumably that's just going to be PC? Well, I presumed it would not be... PC, but would actually be set-top box. My feel here is that they're mm. not going to be launching anything that directly competes with, uh, with you know, Steam or or, or uh, the the Unreal Store, the Epic Store. Um, my feeling is that they're going to be expanding on what's already there. Uh, the games like Bandersnatch, and uh, there are a couple of others, aren't there? Uh, interactive games, uh, yeah, I think so, but then they also style things. Yeah, but they also did Stranger Things. The game mm-hmm. um, came out of Netflix. Okay. Steve, are you familiar with the situation? I am unfamiliar with the situation. Uh, I have no no internal channel here. Although I was just thinking, if I was Jatridge at Flavorworks, I'd be Ooh. right on the blower to them saying, you know, you're looking to make some uh, some games for Netflix. We've already got the video, uh, video, video game thing down. Uh, why don't we team up with something on something? Uh, Let's do biz. Yeah, so maybe, maybe we could get old Jack Attridge, young Jack Attridge, surely, on the show. Is he still young? He is, and I tell you what, rather than get him on the show, let's marry him. <laughs> let's. We could get him on the show, and then. We could get him to accidentally reveal something, and then we could blackmail him. <laughs> I'll send an email to Ransom at Netflix right now. <laughs> Very good. All right. Um, I got one more. One okay, more you for should you. do the final one. Fifth one. Oh, unless you've got something, I thought I don't. I, you I did don't know. I've done my two. I've done my two. Okay. Eurogamer writes wrote this was on Saturday uh, by Wesley Inpool. Um, a giant cryptocurrency farm in Ukraine that contained thousands of PlayStation 4 consoles was actually a FIFA bot farm. Last week, the security service of Ukraine, brackets SBU, announced it had shut down what was reported as a cryptocurrency mining farm that had contained an incredible 3,800 game consoles. Images shows showed racks of PS4 slims and... <laughs> That's what I really liked about this story. Was that, uh, so he says, images showed racks of PS4 Slims, and then brackets, some, cl- some claimed the photo show- showed PS4 Pros. <laughs> Just, you know, the pedants on the internet go, look at all these PlayStation 4s. No, actually, they're PlayStation 4 Pros. Um, either way, not ideal hardware for a cryptocurrency farm. It turns out that PS4s were being used to grind FIFA Ultimate Team. According to an investigation by Ukraine business uh, newspaper Dello, uh, sparked by scepticism of the official claim about the farm being primarily about mining cryptocurrency, as well as the fact game discs can be seen protruding from PS4s in one of the p- pictures. 
Uh, presumably they've got uh, they're in a similar state as your PlayStation 3, Steve, with no discount <laughs> on them. What we're looking at in the photos is a bot farm that got stuck into ultimate t- into the ultimate team grind with the goal of selling accounts loaded up with in-game currency on the black market. I mean, crikey. That's uh, me now rather than Wesley. Um, yeah, I hadn't realised that FIFA, FIFA account selling had become so lucrative that uh, it was that uh, companies, or <laughs> if that's what they are, um, shadowy networks would be doing it rather than mining cryptocurrency. I mean, I have no idea how this works. I assume they are connecting to a store which... I don't know, maybe it gives out a pack of cards, free pack of cards every week, and then they're taping the X button down on every controller, uh, and Bosch going off for uh, a couple of weeks, coming back, and then they've got all of these accounts. But surely you would you would expect EA to be able to detect this sort of thing going on if they've got 4,000 machines all connected from the same geolocation. Um, you, would, you would expect that to flag something up. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't care. Well, there we go. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go and switch my PS4 on and start uh, mining for FIFA Ultimate Team stuff. Okay, I'll try and tape the lid back on my PS3 and do the same. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Steve. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Did just see another little bit of a news story, Simon. Uh, something that we didn't deal with in the news. And it's breaking news. Ubisoft are revealing a new Tom Clancy shooter today. Typical, isn't it? Uh, I say typical because there are loads of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, it's described as a Tom Clancy universe game, doesn't it? It is. What do you think that means? Is it a universe filled with Tom Clancy's? <laughs> Just loads of them. Yes. Yeah. It's um. It's a. It's 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 an MMO where the character creation screen is just Tom Clancy. <laughs> you can be and anyone you want to be <laughs> as long as it's Clancy. Exactly. And then you know you can live out the possibilities of what it would have been like to be Tom Clancy. I spoke to Tom Clancy on the phone once. Did I ever tell you that? You did not tell me about it I now. Did. Yeah, we were uh, back in the old days when I was um, 
doing the doing the PR for something or other. He wasn't it wasn't an Ubisoft game. He was doing something else. And yeah, spoke to him from his from his house. Uh, I was I was a little bit terrified. Uh, but he was he was thoroughly nice. Sorry, nice. So if I was going to be Tom Clancy in the Tom Clancy Universe game, I would I would live out his legacy of just just being very nice to me. Uh, this is obviously super exciting for for us, given that we've spent significant lengths of time back in the day in Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter. Uh, that's my one Tom Clancy uh, love. Do you think this will be anything like that? No. Oh. What's it going to be, uh, Simon? It'll be a uh, Splinter Cell, surely. It'll be a Splinter Cell uh, game. You think so? Splinter yep. Cell okay. open world in fact, game? It, it definitely is. Definitely is that, where you play <laughs> as Tom Clancy um, <laughs> and not... Uh, God, what's the main character from Splinter Cell? What's his name? Uh, Fisher. That's it. Do you, do you know how I managed to remember that? No. Because we have got uh, Tom Clancy... Oh. <laughs> Tom Clancy song in Marioki written to Jingle Bell Rocks. Uh, it only comes out at Christmas. Splinter Cell Rocks. Uh, <laughs> I had to think of the line that refers to well the person done. there. Shimmy Up Fisher. Sam Fisher, his name is. There we go. Shimmy so, Up Fisher, fact, you know, show us your socks. Whereas, you know, some may think that Marioki is this, you know, this. This 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 joyful e- event online or off, where you know we bring people together to sing uh, poorly worded uh, puns uh, to uh, smash musical hits, when actually it's just an aid memoir to two old men on a <laughs> on on a radio show. <laughs> and this is a radio show. It's also a podcast. You can find the podcast at www.onelifeleft.com, where you'll also find the show notes kindly uploaded by our undercaretaker, Phil. Uh, you'll also find a list, link there to our Discord, which we've already mentioned on the show. Uh, that's where One Life Left listeners, and runners if you're in the One Life Left Strava group, One Life Left listeners gather and chat about the show and other things, such as the time it'll take for their Steam Deck to arrive. You can find a link to that in the show notes. And you'll also find the name of the songs that Simon has chosen to put on the show this week. Yeah, I uh, don't know what they'll be, Steve. Uh, you know, I will surprise myself later on. Excellent. Shall we do the letters now? Let's do the letters. Email, messages, and forward BCC. One Life Letters. I am in the One Life Left Discord right now, and I'm in the mailbag channel where there is one letter waiting for us. I think there's one in the One Life Left inbox as well. Go on then, you take the Discord, I'll take the inbox. Okay, this is from regular correspondent Lawrence Weir. He writes, Hello team, are free-to-play games on smartphones the equivalent of the PC magazine demo disc of the 90s? I remember whiling away hours playing short, incomplete shareware titles of fairly low quality, pretty similar to what I see cash-poor kids doing nowadays on their smartphones. I guess the advertising's different, although there were some pretty shady ads on the last few pages of those magazines. Love the show, Lawrence. What do you think, Simon? Did you ever have to put together a cover disc? I did not, no. By the time I got into... uh, got into games journalism there were people specifically assigned to that role disc editors on the pc magazines and of course i mostly wrote for edge which never had a disc 
didn't need one, did it? <laughs> when, so, when I joined the one, uh, the first issue that I was on, uh, I think it was October 1992. Um, so back then, that was the height of the cover disc wars uh, on the Amiga magazines. And uh, the one had just escalated things. No, sorry, I don't think it was that specific one. Maybe it was the Christmas one. Uh, the, but the one escalated things by going from two discs to three discs. How do you get three uh, discs on a cover? Uh, well, exactly. You, what you do is you sacrifice most of the cover <laughs> and just put a load of cover flashes going, look, three discs. <laughs> and using words like glump <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, same price, though, Steve. It was as a normal thing. So, um, uh, yeah, it sold very well. You know, and actually, you know, back in the day, I remember... Uh, when, when I was working on the one, the nearest WH Smith was in Hoban Circus. And what we used to do every, every month was once the magazine hit the newsstands, we'd walk up to there and we'd look at the computing section and we'd put the one in front of every other magazine on the computing section. It was always really funny. <laughs> but, uh, and then, but you would get out before, you know, what would happen to me uh, many times is that you'd watch somebody sort of browse the magazines, they'd pick up a copy of the one and they'd flick through it. Uh, you know, taking a couple of minutes to, you know, smile at the jokes and uh, marvel at the exclusives. Uh, and then they would just simply rip off the cover disc, <laughs> stuff them in their pocket and buy a copy of Amiga Power. Uh, so, but they were, uh, I tell you, they were, um, I was going to use a word then, I just stopped myself from doing it. 10.30 in the morning or 7 o'clock in the evening for you listening live. Uh, they were a hassle to put together, even though they were only 880k back in the day. We used to uh, send files over bulletin boards to a man called Kenny in Liverpool um, and, you know, because he had, he was a wizard compression and, you know, getting getting loads of stuff on those discs was was uh, the desired outcome more more than anyone else. And picking the, picking the shareware low quality thank you very much wasn't wasn't about whether it was you know high or low co- low quality it was how many kilobytes were left that you needed to fill on the disc so you know um yeah i i resent that i resent that comment because it it, it wasn't whether they were good or bad it was that they fit so um, obviously i wonder whether uh lawrence's analogy that the the equivalent of this is cell phones holds today because i do see that right there's a lot of games out there and and people can uh download those whenever they choose possibly in the middle of lessons i don't know we'd have to ask dexter if that is possible um but i wonder if a better one is itch.io where there are also an awful lot of well i guess the equivalent of modern day shareware games games where you are encouraged to pay to the person who's uploaded but i assume people rarely do and a lot of games that are unfinished but show the heart of something super super interesting um i think the quality on itch well it's variable isn't it like there's all kinds of unfinished projects but the quality is is great when you you know you can find a lot of free things on there that are absolutely brilliant and certainly that's the the vibe i get of uh, I used to get PC Zone, um, PC Gamer in the late 90s, and go through those those CDs, 512 megabytes of just absolute nonsense, piled into directories. You know, do you want this? We can fit it, you know, because presumably they've broken out of the disk era, and they're like, oh, then, yeah. don't have to worry about compression now, just stick whatever it is on there. That's kind of... 
you know, <laughs> true of itch as well. There's no worry about data limits. So if you want to upload your rubbish demo, uh, you can. Also, a lot of brilliant stuff which floats to the top because of uh, algorithms. So, yeah, that's the feel I get, Lawrence. Less of phones, but maybe because that's I'm old and more of a, uh, a person who, you know, I, I'm, I'm less interested in that casual, oh, I don't really know what I'm playing, don't really care what I'm playing, phone thing. Um, more interested in, I play video games, I'll go on a video game store like Itch. Yeah, and also it's difficult to judge something if you've if you've got no uh, commitment to it. You know, I find myself mm. installing stuff on the on the phones, and often just don't get past the tutorial because it's taken too long or whatever. The uh, need that, or the time that, that it filled is, is often occupied by explaining you how to pull back pull back your thumb, <laughs> uh, and, by, and by then uh, it's uh, it's time to move on to something else. Like now, uh, Chris Conroy writes, "I feel the need." Dear team and super short grandee. That there Tom Cruise is enjoying himself at the minute, isn't he? Wimbledon, Wembley, Silverstone. Wait a minute, was he following my itinerary from the other week? Let's hope he remembered to include the Tour de France. So the big question is, when is he coming on the show? And if he doesn't, can we speculate on the games that he might enjoy? Maybe the upcoming Deathloop, which plays with the same idea as Edge of Tomorrow. Or maybe he's into Leisure Suit Larry, which, as everyone knows, was the inspiration for Eyes White Shut. Brr. Looking forward to hearing the diminutive one's views on the Steam Deck in an upcoming show. Your cocktail-chucking correspondent, Chris Conroy. Well... Edge of Tomorrow is the most video game-like movie I think I've ever seen because uh, it's a really, really good film as well. I I guess the problem with games is that you are generally having to repeat the same thing over and over and over again until you get good good at it. And that is literally the plot of, uh, of Edge of Tomorrow alongside some guns, which games are also good at. But a lot of his movies would fit with, with games, wouldn't they? Didn't it, didn't it actually get renamed to Live, Die, Repeat uh, yeah. to make it more yeah, um, more like a video game instruction? It did. It um, did. But he's been in... Um, what, which of his games have had, had movies? There's obviously been Top Gun uh, on the yep. NES. I wonder how many generations of game releases has he spanned? That must be six or seven now. Was there a Days of Thunder game? Yes, there was, on the Commodore 64, Stroke Amiga. Um, Should have been a cocktail game. Um, Of course there should. Interactive CD-ROM. Don't know if there should have been an Eyes Wide Shut game. (laughs) Yeah, and no Mission Impossible. I mean, obviously there's Impossible Mission. No Mission Impossible games, have there? There must have been some 8-bit Mission Impossible games, surely. Pre-Tom Cruise. Can't recall any, Steve. Uh, I will, Mission what Impossible do, Game. Ah, you are better than me, because I was going to say that I was going to look into it for next show and then hope that we'd all forget. Wikipedia writes, Mission Impossible 1998 video game. Mission Impossible is an oh, action-adventure video game developed by Infogram by yeah. and published by Ocean. Um, there we the go. The player assumes the role of Ethan Hunt, so there we go. Does that count as that's a Tom Cruise game? Yeah, let's say it is. Let's say it does. Um, yeah, I think he might be Hollywood's most video gamey person, uh, at least in so much as his his uh, appearances apply to a wide range of video games. If you think differently, why not email in 
tmatonelifeleft.com. Or you can just post your letter in the channel of our Discord. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, we're a video game radio show. We've done the news. We've done the reviews. No, wait, we've done the letters. We've only got the reviews left to go. Apart from this, it's my favourite part of the show. It's our new feature. It's Simon Byron's Fast Five. Simon, this week, easy one. I want you to name five games with three in the title. this start why do you why do you keep remembering to do this because i love like it you're, why don't you put more effort into the news because this is why really, the letter in this why is putting me through this it's really low effort on my part all i have to do is think of a word and it's or, think re- or a number it's really exactly really funny five games with three in it stop stalling threes very good back to the future three <laughs> Fable 3. Yep. Driver 3 or Drive 3-er. <laughs> Very good. And Gran Turismo 3. That is, that's very I good. Mean, was, that enter- was that entertaining for anybody? <laughs> it was definitely entertaining for me. And what is One Life Left if not a show where <laughs> which we only do to entertain? I was absolutely convinced. I thought this is a good one because this, this sounds easy but maybe it's a bit more difficult because a lot of games don't get to three. And I thought, no, 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 what he's going to do is he's going to go FIFA 2003, NHL oh. 2003, NBA. Yeah. yeah, NBA. But you did not You did it properly. Well done, Simon. I did, actually, yeah. How dare you? Well, well done. All right. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> is it time for reviews? Let's do the reviews. Okay, do you want to go first? Well, I can do. Uh, I've been, as promised, uh, continuing on my mission on uh, Sniper Elite VR. Um, some, I can't, did I tell you I bought some custom lenses for it? I did, didn't I, or not? You I did. You, you did tell me that you'd got custom lenses for VR, yes. Which is great, uh, because now I can play the Sniper game like in VR, where you hold it up to your eyes. My eyes don't have glasses on them anymore, so... Um, I can see perfectly when I'm sniping at the Germans. Um, so yeah, I've been uh, I've got um, further into it, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. We I, I've talked uh, at length before how much I enjoy the sniper games. This is it's it's effectively Half Life Alex in the sniper elite world. Things like the movement options, so I'm, I've got tele- teleporting on. 
Um, you sort of uh, you use your hands to grab and pull objects towards you, guns, grenades, ammo, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and it throws you into this sniper elite world where you uh, must use... So I'm playing this on, on the quest. Your quest controllers, you hold them up like you would a gun. Um, it takes a while to get used to where your hands should be positioned virtually. Uh, and then some of the movements that you need to do, I noticed that the update, um, the recent update to it, seemed in my mind to make some of the actions a little easier because you need to manually re re uh, pull back a, a gun clip on uh, after every shot with some of the earlier guns. Uh, and then bring it up to your eye and you close one of my spectacle-free eyes in the uh, sniper world and off you go. And so it's nice, it's <laughs> nice uh, being thrown into this... Um, uh, resistance fighting world where uh, you basically teleport to different positions, take uh, take a view and then pick off some of the enemy and uh, it comes with the Sniper Elite trademark Grusimo Cam uh, which is slightly different to how it's worked on the console games where you don't follow the, the bullet behind it that would make you feel very ill as you you know as you're heading towards somebody's innards um instead it <laughs> uh, it shows you what that looks like in in 3d from a, from a side on view or, or close-up view uh and yeah it's just enormously satisfying so um thoroughly enjoying it like i said it has it was i found it a little tricky right at the start but um the further that i've got into the game uh the easier it's become and uh yeah absolutely uh yeah <laughs> lots of Lots of shooting people from far away, which for some reason or another I really enjoy. Uh, I haven't played the the Quest version. This is uh, sorry, I haven't played the Oculus PC version. It's cross by, but I will um, hook it up to the laptop and see what difference it makes. But on the standalone headset, uh, it's it's thoroughly enjoyable. Seven out of ten. They must have tried the uh, bullet cam thing, right? I just think it's, I mean, like, given that it's very careful with the movement options to go, look, mm. hey, do you want to do teleporting? Do you want free movement? All of that sort of stuff. I think to to suddenly throw you into, like, the bullet eye view uh, potentially could be, um, could make you feel ill, which is I'm, ironic. I'm given sure actually what you're looking at should yeah. make you feel ill. I, I'm sure it would do, and, and and they've obviously left it out for very, very good reason, but you would assume at some point during development even if they knew it was going to make you ill one of them's gone let's give it a shot let's let's strap ourselves to the front of that bullet and fire ourselves <laughs> through some organs <laughs> imagine being the first person to do that yeah I, you know it's um, it hasn't made my bucket list yet <laughs> <laughs> okay um, so uh, I've got a re-review of a game um, that I reviewed very recently, but it involves a moral problem, and I am going to ask you if I have done the right thing or the wrong thing. So, those of you who are regular listeners to the show, or even new listeners to the show who began last week, will know that I started playing a game called Rimworld. And the reason I started playing this game is because I was quite ill, and because it's quite a big, sprawling game. Uh, my review last week said it's basically Dwarf Fortress but light. Uh, it's not as hard to get into as Dwarf Fortress, you know, it's, yeah, it's took me a few hours to understand the systems, but also it doesn't seem as deep. Literally, uh, you can't go onto multiple layers, you're only on the surface of the game. Uh, and also metaphorically, it doesn't seem as deep in the systems. Indeed, as a game designer, I think I can see them transparently, and I can see how those systems escalate as I get 
better at the game as my colony grows, so it throws bigger challenges at me. Um, and those challenges are all generated by random numbers, but essentially they're going to get harder as I get slightly more able to cope with them. And as soon as I saw that, I found myself feeling a little bit less interested in the game, but I was still playing it. Um, but I thought I'd reached the end of my journey last week. Uh, it turns out I hadn't quite, and indeed I started playing it, you know, I think the day after the show uh, recorded last week. And the interface in RimWorld is not nearly as bad as the inter- interface in the current version of Dwarf Fortress, which is famously arcane. Uh, it's an ASCII-based game, and the interface seems to change from menu to menu, and it doesn't make any sense. I believe they're sorting all that out for the Steam release, and I'm very, very excited about that, because hopefully it will contain all of the good, weird, deep systems and be a little bit easier to uh, move around. The interface in RimWorld is better, but it's still a bit weird, and it's easy to lose yourself in the menus. If you're not paying attention, you can think, oh, no, I need to click on this and then that. Oh, no, that operates this. And I wasn't paying attention uh, when I was playing it last, uh, either Monday afternoon or Tuesday, and... I clicked on the wrong X on the screen. Now, one of the reasons RimWorld works very well for me is I can play it in a window in my Mac so I can do other things while I'm doing it. And actually, I clicked on the cross that closes down the whole game rather than closes okay. down um, closes down the window that I was trying to close. I play all games like this in permadeath mode. When something happens to one of my colonists, when something happens inside this game, when I die, when my game ends, that's it, and I start again. RimWorld, at this point, had just thrown something really good at me. It had given me a um, uh, an extra uh, colonist or something good. I closed down the game, restarted it. This time it rolled the dice again, and it gave me the plague. Who? And... I couldn't cure it. And all of my colonists died. Ooh. However, even though I was in permadeath mode, it was possible to just close the game again like I had closed it before, hit that X in the corner, and just reload my save. But that would be cheating, right? Or would it? Because the first time through, that dice had rolled and given me a good thing. And I'd only accidentally closed it. So is it okay to keep reloading that game at that point until it gives me something comparable to the path that I was on before I accidentally closed it? Or do I have to live my permadeath life and, you know, let my colony die uh, because this time it arbitrarily gave me, you know, a bad dice? Does it not give you a warning when you quit? It didn't. It absolutely. This was a hard quit. It was clicking the red X in the corner of the screen, and it shut everything down, which I assume is probably Mac default behaviour. Blimey! Um, I, in my mind, I think you are fine, given that that was an accident on uh, that was user error. Um, it, it doesn't feel like you're cheating. I think you're well within your uh, moral rights to keep reloading. How, how long are you potentially re- reloading for, though? I mean, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the game, so... So I only did it once. So I just... I reloaded, and this time I didn't get the plague. I got something else instead. And it was fine. But you I, still didn't... But it wasn't as good as the thing that you closed. It wasn't, no. But it was. St- I was still able to... It was actually a fight uh, that I subsequently won and got some resources. But it was... Um, 
yeah, I, I felt guilty about it. Um, and I still do a bit. I don't think it's how these games are meant to be played. You live with the choices that the game throws at you. However, I, I also felt if, if I had been playing this game uh, without knowing that, I would assume that the seed that generated the world subsequently generated all those random encounters. And therefore, the fact that it just generates a different one every time feels a bit weak to me. I like living in a world that I am fighting against that is consistent. Here, it feels like I'm just fighting against a series of random dice rolls. And um, I want to tell you that is enough to have put me off the game. It isn't. I'm still playing it now, and I've sunk another 40 hours into it. I'm not sure I'm super enjoying it. Like, I think it's hitting that part of me that loves clickers because my colony grows, I see numbers tick up, and then I have another little challenge just ahead of me. I'll just get that tech bit. I'll just get that desk. I'll just get that piece of equipment, and then I'll see how that affects things. Uh, Either way, I'm still locked in, and either way, I'm still not loving it. I can't wait for Dwarf Fortress, though. 7 out of 10. Are you now playing it in full screen? I'm not, no. But I am very, very cautious every time I go to close a window. I'm not sure you uh I'm not sure you deserve any moral leeway now given that you appear not to learn from your mistakes. Mm, but I'll tell you what, Simon, it does work in a window, which means it will work on your Steam Deck. Oh, good news. Uh will will but will I be able to read the text though? Well that's what I mean. It's low resolution enough to run in a you know suitable oh, sized window on my Mac so I think you'll have absolutely no problem playing this game that there is no way in the world you will ever play okay and are we likely to still be alive in Q1 2022 in order for me to test this test this out I don't know (laughs) I don't know Uh, one last thing before we close the show I forgot to tell you all we are announcing our first Marioki date announcing it at 2pm today Uh, which will have happened by the time this show airs. Uh, We're doing a comeback show this Friday in London at a place called Rule Zero in East London in Stratford. Uh, Tickets will be available by the time you hear this. If you go to Rule Zero's website, which I believe is rulezero.co.uk, if it's not, you can just Google it. You can get free tickets for our comeback Marioki date, uh, which happens, yeah, as I said, on Friday. I'm really, really excited. It's our first real-life Marioki for 18 months. Whoa. Mm. Blimey. And what 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 about those of us that can't make it on Friday? I'm in Bristol uh, Thursday and Friday, Steve. That's exciting for you. Uh, I can't tell you why. I can't tell you why. Don't ask me. Uh, hopefully we will be uh, streaming it as well. But as we have yet to set up the tech to run Marioki in this new environment, one thing at a time. Um, but yeah, hopefully what, we'll be sw- streaming on twitch.tv slash singmarioki as well. What are you going to open with? No idea yet. Has to be park life though, doesn't it? <laughs> wow. Blimey, that's really exciting. Well, best of luck with that. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited and nervous. We will have some COVID protocols in operation and we'll see how effective they are um, by what my voice sounds like next Monday when we record the show how exciting will you be showing symptoms by then if you pick it up Friday I don't know I don't know know. alright well stay safe wash your hands Mm, wipe the mic wipe the mic (laughs) what what an attractive 
uh, tagline. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was that was the chant at the very last Marioki. Was it? Did was it excellent? In, uh, March of 2019, and we all know how that works out. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Um, thanks uh, so much to Rule Zero for uh, for hosting us, and um, yeah, also. We will be back at loading in the future as well, so don't worry about that. Hopefully we'll have an announcement about that next week on the show. Good. All right. Well, look, nice to see you. Nice to speak to you. Uh, I look forward to hearing and seeing how it goes on Friday. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, you too in Bristol. I look forward to hearing about that as well, Simon, if I'm allowed to hear about it. I guess it depends how the meetings go, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's see how long we're how much longer we're broadcasting on a Monday for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Been lovely to talk to you. Thank you all yes, so you much do. for listening. Thanks, of course, to the best radio station in the world, Resonance, for hosting us. But until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>